going on, Champagne Sharks? How's everybody doing? What's the good word? How you feeling? This is T, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Ricky Rawls. Go to the group account at, um, at Champagne Sharks on Twitter. That's the uh, group account. Um, also, check out ChampagneSharks.reddit.com to see other like-minded Champagne Sharks fans who want to talk on Reddit. And also, become a patron at patreon.com five dollars a month you get double the episodes twice a week instead of once a week and you get access to the discord the champion sharks discord which is a chat and voice room where you can talk to other fans talk to us it's pretty cool stuff so five dollars a month in addition to getting like 50 back episodes a new episode every week that's not available to non-subscribers you also get the discord access which is very very cool and we have with us Mike. Hey, everybody. This is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Black Exception One, and you can find me on Champagne Sharks when you tune in. All right, cool. These are the only places you can get your mic fix. Um, let me tell you some stuff that you probably don't care about, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Is uh, <laughs> I'm on t- day ten of being vegetarian. Oh, okay. And I and I hate it. <laughs> I believe you probably, I, the way I know you like to eat tea, I, 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 you know, I'm oh, not yeah. surprised that you hate it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But how are you feeling? How is it, how is it treating you? On, oh, you know, I, feel besides... gr- I feel great outside of like my emotional state of misery. Uh-huh. Like my physical actually feels great. Like um, I was doing this thing where I'd wake up a lot of the times and mm-hmm. have like a knot in my stomach. Like, yeah. like feeling, I wake up feeling full and it's because I, my body was probably still digesting meat. Like I never have that weighed down feeling anymore. I go to sleep, I wake up, my sleep feels more replenishing, probably because I'm not expending a lot of energy digesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it I mean, actually, that makes sense. It actually feels great. It, there's something interesting too. I never realized how much of my eating was boredom or emotional eating until I started doing hmm. um, vegetarianism. Because there's a lot of eating that I would do, like at 10 11 midnight but it was yeah. because i just wanted to eat a nice fried fish sandwich or make some chicken wings or something but now that i have to eat vegetables that craving for like a midnight or 11 p.m snack is gone because <laughs> i'm only going to be eating just out of hunger there's not enjoyment to the food that i'm eating yeah so they made so me realize like you're getting a fix you're not getting your fix it's just yeah a bodily food. function now yeah, it's yeah not exactly a, it's, the food is so is so like bland that I'm only eating to live, like you know. So <laughs> if it's not actually satisfying, like a hunger that I need, I'm not eager to eat. Whereas something like a good uh, batch of chicken wings with blue cheese, you don't really have to be hungry, legitimately hungry to want to eat that. Yeah. So I've been kind of shocked at how little I actually want to eat when then I'm just eating for sustenance. I eat actually very little. I was surprised how wow. how little a day I'm actually genuinely sincerely hungry huh. so i mean so what have you what what have been your go-to types of things that you like to eat okay. i mean that that you like to eat that you i mean because i know you travel a lot you know you're like i mean as far as like you your commute and whatnot so you're always on the go like are you are you finding yourself having to bring more bring you know what i mean your lunch and stuff or like you okay. know keep an Here. apple and orange in your in your bag or here's you know? the thing here's the thing right this is what makes it tough for me i'm vegetarian but i'm also trying to be low carb so like Uh, if i wasn't doing both i would just have like a fucking pizza every day i'd probably get fatter 
and more unhealthy from being a vegetarian because I would just eat like pizza, Texas toast, like French toast. Oh, yeah, yeah, you still got a lot of a lot of unhealthy options. Yeah, but uh, being outside but being, of meat. Exactly, exactly. Like I have grilled cheese all the time. You can have all types Hell of yeah. stuff. But being that I'm trying to be low carb and be vegetarian, I'm basically just eating like nuts and twigs and leaves all the time. <laughs> You know, so it's, it's you just got like, your handy trail mix you take with you everywhere you go. Yeah, basically, like I'm eating like a raw salad like every every day, and that that gets boring fast. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but I mean, I'm doing like no boredom eating. Like, like you don't have a, a salad in front of you and eat it absentmindedly the way you do with um a bag of M and M's or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's like even though even though when I was eating meat, I was low carb. Yeah. I was still eating a lot of fun food, so I'd be eating like a lot of uh, fried chicken or a lot of like uh, pork belly or brisket. And now, like, oh damn, you make me hungry now. Oh yeah, and yeah, I ain't I, even hungry. I don't, I just now I just want to eat some. Go in there, fry these wings up. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I was doing. <laughs> now I can't do that. So it's like at the, at like eleven thirty at night, yeah, getting up to fry up some okra. Like, it's not it's not as appetizing. I'm not gonna fuck it. I'll just not eat. Like so. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you there. Yeah, like yeah that's not that's not that's there's not enough of payoff for you to get up and do that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. So it's kind of been um, keeping me in check just by the nature of the option. Well, I'm glad that it's working out for you health wise. You're feeling better. You're sleeping better. That's you know. I mean, those are my, all good reasons to stick with it. Well, my goal was only to do 30 days to see if I could do it, but mm-hmm. it's been 10 days and it's like. But you're feeling better physically, but now you're. Diving into a funk. <laughs> yeah, I never realized how addicted I was to like you know meat and like junk food to like try to do this vegetarian. Thing. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe we, maybe some of our vegetarian buddies out there can uh, let us know like when if there's some point at which you know you kind of get over that hump of you know just uh, missing the meat. Uh, that's pause. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what too. It also depends because just because they're vegetarians doesn't mean they're low carb. So like yeah. when I ask for tips, people are telling me, "Well, just have some like low main, some vegetable low main." And it's like, "Oh, wait. if everything was on the table, like including like high carb stuff, I wouldn't have a problem. Mm-hmm. I just have like chicken fried rice and sorry, sorry, I have vegetable fried rice and vegetable low main and grilled cheeses mm-hmm. all the time. Like it's, I think my problem is I'm trying to do both, like be yeah. vegetarian like and low carb. Um, you know it's a good. You know what I have to do though, like." fuck with like thai food and indian food they have a lot of good mm. vegetarian options like yeah i bet um yeah i know they're they're you know well he probably he probably good with a lot of the spicy stuff and a lot of the a lot of caribbean folks are i'm not too big on the like real spice real you know hot spicy foods oh yeah I, I love and spice. that's that's the, that's what i understand that those two different uh you know cuisines are big on spice well it kind of depends because if they're americanized enough they won't be as hardcore as some other places you know yeah okay yeah because i guess you know around here we don't have as high a tolerance maybe as those folks do so they would have to cater to us a little bit if they wanted the business but i don't know i never actually had anything that was that i know of that was considered thai food or indian food so i don't want to i shouldn't uh knock it before i try it what's been new with you nothing man trying to duck this heat trying to keep my balls dry man this is this is getting ridiculous it was so hot and humid yesterday it oh, it was cooled bad off a too. little bit today but it was still really sticky it rained and 
Not too much. Oh, my girl, she's she's doing the vegetarian thing too. She, oh, she said she was gonna do it for thirty days. Um, oh, interesting. She's a she's a weekend too, but she's not doing the low carb thing because I just made her a whole bunch of fries last night, and it was hot as shit. Oh yeah, see, I think it'd be way easier without the <laughs> low carb thing. Like it's it's tough with the low carb thing, and it's like I can yeah. see how people are actually gain weight under vegetarianism because all I kept thinking about was a pizza pie. I was like, let me just have a pizza pie instead of the salad. But you know, I I stuck I stuck with it. Okay. Um, what about like the dairy? You can eat like cheeses and stuff, right? You're not doing the yeah whole... yeah yeah. I still eat the cheeses. Hey, um, I was thinking of reading an article. Tay Diggs says no one told him the entertainment biz was racist. Oh wow. Oh, quick quick realization. You know what? I, I watched more of Luke Cage, and you mm-hmm. know what I realized? And they're kind of like. A lot of overlap. Like, if you had a Venn diagram, they'd probably overlap greatly. I was talking about light skin energy and dark skin energy last time, but mm-hmm. you know what I think Luke Cage has as well? He's got like a male stripper energy. You know, how like male strippers have I this kind of cheesy. Well, well, male strippers kind of have this kind of cheesy energy. I used to see male strippers a lot because they used to be in this train station, like mm, passing okay. out flyers to like women. Oh, okay. And you would see them, and they just have this kind of vibe where it's like, what the fuck's up with this dude? Like, hmm. like you look at the dude, like, something, something's off with this dude. Like, this guy has furry jeans and cowboy <laughs> boots with a, a, a button shirt that's totally unopened. Like, not even, like, the top three buttons are unopened. Like, it's totally open so that his abs show. And then you see what he's passing out, and you're like, oh, okay, this guy's like a male stripper. Like, Luke Cage has, like, a Magic Mike kind of feel. Like, he looks like... Oh, wow. He's just going to have some kind of... It's hard to describe. You haven't seen the show yet, right? Either season? I haven't. I haven't seen any. I was I was planning on watching a couple episodes. To, I don't know. I watched the first season. Oh, so you watched the first season? Yeah, I watched the first season. Okay. I don't know. Something about him, man. He just has like a male stripper. I don't know why I keep coming back to this, this thing, but I keep <laughs> making my way through the second season, and this guy is just... Something's off with him, and I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. Like... Well, I'm going to watch a couple episodes and I'll see if I can, I don't know, nail We should have a guest down. talk about it, too. We should have a guest who cares about this stuff. And after you see it, we all talk about it because something about him is not uh, cutting it for me. But let me read this Tay Diggs article because I mentioned Tay Diggs as a guy who had light skin energy. Um, uh-huh. He was Tay Diggs has one major regret about his time as a Hollywood actor. The actor shared the key piece of advice. He'd give his younger self and dove into some beliefs he used to hold on to about racism in the industry. Quote, I tell myself to just slow down, Diggs says on Viceland's Desus and Miro, Tuesday, June 12th. I was real quick with, okay, I'm doing it. I want these roles. How come I'm only getting the black roles? I want to be this and that and that. I started switching agencies and I didn't realize how racist the business was early on. I felt like I was a little bit above it. He explained there was a reason why I didn't have Matt Damon's career and that no one explicitly told him the business was racist. Despite switching agents who continued to promise the set it up actor they'd get him big roles, they failed to nab them. Quote, I wish I could have just chilled out and just sat back and waited just a little longer, Dick says, because there was a lot of unrest and me chasing shit instead of just being aware of what I had and then working with that. Still, fans were hung up on Diggs' ideas about race in the acting business. And a fan says, Watching Tay Diggs talk about racism, and all he really said was he was sad that he wasn't above being treated that way was awkward. That seems like a grammatically awkward sentence. I don't know what he's trying to say there. Let me try to read it again. 
Watching Tay Diggs talk about racism and all he really said was he was sad that he wasn't above being treated the way being treated that way was awkward. Okay, that's just a stupid tweet. I can't. Can you make it out? What is that person trying to say? Um. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. He's saying that it, it's weird watching him lament the fact that he wasn't immune to the racism of Hollywood. Personally, I, I guess that's what he's. That's my takeaway from that comment is that he's wondering why, or you know, he's. It's awkward watching Tay Diggs just care about how it personally affected him mm. and how he felt for him. He should. He shouldn't have had to experience that for whatever reason. I don't know why. Okay. All right. I mean, that makes a certain. Maybe I'm. Maybe I don't, I don't know. That's 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 just what I took away from it. I mean, it's better than my theory. I I had no better competing theory. What do you think about the article? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, whenever you know, whenever people, ask, where is he from? I don't know where Tate Diggs is from. So I wonder why he's surprised. One, I wonder why he's surprised that any you know industry, you know, it's been doc well documented how how black folks get treated in Hollywood, you know, forever. So I don't know. Like what Rocky crawled out from under, you know, and I mean, I will say I used to be one of those post-racial kind of people. So I do, I guess, kind of understand it to a degree. I mean, I disavowed myself of that thinking like a while ago, but I do see how people fall into that because there was a lull that a lot of people were in about that. Um, that stuff didn't matter as much as long as you it's a whole thing of being a special Negro. Like, you know, oh, I'm well-spoken. I'm better than this and that. I, I know how to navigate this world. I'm guessing he must have went through that. But my yeah, surprise is that he seemed to have been kind of deluded for like until very recently. Like I'm like to me I'm surprised that he's saying this compared considering how recently he's still been stuck in the old way. Uh I don't know. Maybe he feels like I don't know, he's at the end of his career. I don't know if that's true or not. If he is at the end of his career, but maybe he feels that way. Maybe he's been getting a lot of rejection lately and this is his way of trying to paint the picture of why he's been getting rejection or why he's not getting the roles that he thinks he should i mean he's had like recent he's had recent articles like recent years where he was talking about he doesn't want his son to be considered black yeah, he wants his son to that. be considered um mixed race it's not fair to make him choose so he you know he wrote a children's book about being mixed race and so based on that like i was surprised that he seems to be getting this isn't the first place I've heard him mention this. He was on uh, the podcast of this guy, Van Lathan, who was the mm, guy on TMZ okay. who told off um, Kanye. Yeah. And he was saying similar stuff. Like, you know, it's like he got his nigger wake-up call uh, relatively recent, and I'm very curious about it. Yeah, I wonder what it was. Yeah. I don't know. He started, like, he started just, like, doing, like, weird stuff, like, with the, uh, like, just taking pictures with, like, he, like he had the picture with the, uh, he had some jean shorts with the the back of just like riding at the crack of his ass and stuff, and like he was doing like like all this weird stuff. So I don't, you know, yeah, he's having some very, type of crisis. He seems to be very confusing in the crisis. Yeah, I heard he had some shot of his ass or something, and he got a lot of yeah. grief about that. I don't, I don't know about grief. It's just it's like what are you doing, man? Like <laughs> this is weird. Like it's out of nowhere. Like uh, like attention seeking. It's I don't know. Like where where are you coming from? What's going on in your life, bro? Yeah, he's having a Tyrese moment before Tyrese. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. more do you want from me? Tay Diggs is super short. I used to see him in clubs. Is he? Oh yeah, he's really short. I used to see him in clubs. Something else too. Not. I think not, a lot of those guys in Hollywood are short, aren't they? No, but he's really short. Like I was shocked oh. how short he was. And something interesting with him too. This concerns the gossip power. But I mean, I used to go to <laughs> I, used to, I used to go to clubs a lot, 
And when I used to go to clubs a lot, like I used to know a lot of promoters. Uh-huh. I used to like see a lot of celebrities in the clubs because I would go to clubs like Monday through Thursday. Like I, and I would not go on the weekend. And that's when like clubs like the most fun and interesting in New York because the weekend is like anybody can go out on the weekend. They're like real yeah. party people go out like Sunday through Wednesday. You know what I mean? Mm. So like we would go out and that's when like, a lot of like the celebrities and the artists would be out. And I was shocked at how short he was. But you know what's interesting? He used to be like a really bad dresser too. Like he would wear some really like he wasn't dressed bad in an interesting way. Like, like you know someone like Bjork will wear like a swan dress or Pharrell would wear like that weird hat. But you could yeah. tell they're trying to be crazy on purpose. Yeah. He wasn't trying to be crazy in his outfit. It was just a corny outfit. Like, you know, like 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 dude, like what are you doing? Mm. But yeah, I was very surprised how short he was. Let me find out, see if I could figure out. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with these guys, man. They, I think, I think, I don't know. Like you said, I think they just uh, they deal with it for a long time and they just can't deal with it anymore. I think, I, you know, I, it, there's, I don't know, man. I wonder, I wonder, you know, it seems like that man, that Hollywood environment is like a toxic environment. You know what I'm saying? It's just not everybody can, you know, withstand it. Or maybe he wasn't taking enough breaks. Here's something interesting that he said. He he was recently in Essence. Yeah. And in Essence, listen to this story. Tay Diggs says it's hard to date white women again because black women caused him trauma. What? Um, he can't. He wait a minute. Uh, maybe I didn't hear you right. <coughs> he said he can't date white women anymore because black women caused him trauma. Yes. Or black women caused him trauma. Yes. Oh. Tay Diggs has starred in some of our favorite films and TV shows, from The Best Man and Brown Sugar to Private Practice and Empire. While fans have loved to watch him work his magic on screen. Some were too keen on his relationship choices. After becoming a fan favorite among black audiences, some sisters were disappointed when they found out he was married to fellow actress Idina Menzel, a white woman. Though the pair had known each other for years before getting hitched in 2003, some felt Diggs' interracial marriage was a slap in the face to his mostly black fan base. Though Menzel and Diggs later divorced, the actor said he's dealt with pain and bitterness toward black women who still give him a hard time. To this day, I still get, I thought you only like white girls, the actor said during a recent interview with Van Lathan on the Red Pill podcast. That's the same podcast I was talking about. Though he's been in a relationship with biracial actress and model Amanda Smith for the past few months, Diggs said he's tired of dispelling the myth. Quote, it doesn't matter how I explain myself, he said. There's always going to be someone talking. Because of the criticism he's received over the years, Diggs says he's now in a place where he doesn't care what people think about his dating choices, but he admitted still harbors some resentment about how he was treated. Quote, deep down inside there's resentment. I don't want to say I suppress it, but I just watch it. When it happens to you personally, even though you understand the logic, there's trauma there, he said. Then he added, I don't know if I can never mess with a white girl now. I don't like that. That goes against who I am as a person. I feel like I've had to deal with that so long, it has changed what I think I like, what I'm attracted to. So he says that he can't date a white woman anymore, but he doesn't like that he, that he's become that person who feels like he can't date a white woman. Hmm. And then people on Twitter put stuff like, y'all shame Tay Diggs into dating his own race. And like, you know, stuff like that. It's, 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 it's interesting. Like, Wait, well, did he say that he's dating black women now? He's dating a biracial woman. Like it's just half black, half white. But he says that he doesn't feel like he could ever date a white woman again. Because of all the grief that black women um, gave him. And then he blamed him for like uh, kind of traumatizing him. Wow. Which is kind of like a weird thing to say, I guess. Like to me, if he's going to date black women only now, or, you know, not date white women, he should just say, 
I changed my mind. It feels weird that he's kind of saying that he's not dating white women anymore, but he's quote unquote blaming black women and saying they traumatized him. Like they messed up a good thing for him. Yeah. If he's gonna say that on that grounds, so he might as well just keep dating white women. I don't know what's the yeah point. really. I yeah. Mean, I don't. I, why do you care? Why do you care that much? That uh, would be my question. Why do you? If 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 that's what you're really attracted to and that's what you like, why would you? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's very. I weird. mean, I don't know. Is he overstating how much they they gave him grief about it? I don't know. I mean, cause I see stuff on Twitter and whatnot, but like in real life, I mean, was he really getting that much grief about it? But to be fair, if I remember correctly, he said some messed up things in interviews that he didn't have to say. So he's kind of making it seem like he's. He just got grief because he was innocently dating like a, um, oh. a white woman. But the way I remember, but he was always all he was also shitting on the sisters at the same time. To a degree, was, I, I won't say he was outright shitting on them, but he was saying like um, stuff. I mean, first off, he got into a lot of trouble for saying that he resents black women for making him feel uncomfortable to date white women. Like it just seems like such mm-hmm. a, it's like he's digging the hole further. Like you know, it's like saying, <laughs> "Wow, thanks to you guys, I don't feel comfortable dating." Like, what's a black woman supposed to do with that? Like, say sorry. Like you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I doubt they would say sorry. You know, they would have a nice witty comeback for him. Well, well he, he's just interesting. It seems like he denied these comments. He was associated with these comments. That he claims he never made. So I guess that's part of the problem. Oh, wait. Here's what he said. Some some satirical publication called Cream BMP, which I guess is like an onion type place. They include, they released a satirical story where they alleged that Tay Diggs said the following. They claimed Tay Diggs said, I'm just saying the last black woman I was with was named Stella. As in Stella got a groove back. Um, and then they claimed that um, he said, Let's just say that it's not a stereotype that black women are less submissive and harder to deal with. Being around all them black women in my family made me really miss my white wife. He didn't really say all this stuff, but I guess the satirical article claimed he did. And a lot of people, I remember, went viral that he was saying that he's sick of black women. Spending time around a bunch of black women made him miss his white wife. So he didn't, did he say that he blames black women for him not being able to date white women? Did he say that? Well, he said that now. He said like, um, they traumatized them, and like to me, this this is what I would think, right? If you're gonna say, "Hey, I no longer want to date white women," I don't feel comfortable doing it. The way to say that, I get maximum points, is to say, "You know what? I tried it, and I realized like I need a sister in my life." But yeah. the way he's doing it, it's kind of burning bridges both ways, because he's like, yeah. "Yeah, I don't really feel comfortable dating white women anymore. I don't think I'm attracted to them, and I blame those banned black women for making it hard for me." Because to me, like. Now the white women aren't going to be happy, and the black women aren't going to be happy. Like, it's a very strange. Mm. Maybe he's opening the door for the Asian contingency to come in. But apparently, yeah, maybe. Apparently, he said in the past that his mother always said that she knew he would marry um, a white girl. So like that didn't help. I don't know why he. Um... Yeah, I, you know, I guess man, some things you should just keep to yourself. You don't have yeah. to talk about everything that comes across your mind. You know what I mean? I, it's something you know. Those are those are touchy issues. I mean, you know, if you're just a regular person and you're talking to regular people, that's fine. But if you're if you trying to maintain some type of image, you know, and you got a diverse fan base or not even a diverse his 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 main fan base probably was black women. You probably wouldn't want to alienate even if, you know, I don't know if the dating choices would alienate him, but the stuff he's saying definitely probably would. Yeah, for sure. You know, so you just might want to, you know, be a little bit more aware of that line and kind of, 
you know, walk it. You probably shouldn't have to, but that's life. Um, something else. You know what show I recently watched that I was surprised how much I liked it? I watched season two of Dear White People. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Oh. I kind of liked it. Well, you know what? I watched like the first couple episodes of the first one. And I was like, uh, whatever. But then, like, me and my brother, we, we, you know, we kept watching them and kept watching them. And, you know, I know, what, you know, we know the bullshit that's in the game, man. We know what, we know what's to it. But it's kind of enjoyable to watch. Just to, yeah, know? yeah, it is. Like, like, the politics are just fucked up, right? But yeah, for sure. The second half of the first season is a definite improvement. And then the second season, craft-wise, is a big improvement on the first one. But you have to hold your nose. And put up with a lot of bad politics. Yeah, but for sure, they, they surprisingly, they surprisingly kind of call out their own characters. Like you know, like they kind of buy into a lot of the blavity black stuff, but mm. they also critique a lot of it too. Mm. Oh, did you see that there was a? What's article? the main character? Oh, sorry. Oh, her name is. Uh, I forget what her name is, but she's biracial. You know, just just just, just kind of thinking about what we were talking about with Tay Diggs and whatnot. It's kind of funny how she was kind of shamed away. <laughs> From the white dude, and and, I, and at the end she was—I don't know if she was with the brother, but she got with the brother, and it was kind of—you know—it's kind of—it's kind of—it's kind of similar. Yeah, in, but in see, my mind. but season two they basically got back together. It was um, white guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, he got back with her after that. Yeah, yeah. They're back together uh, this what season. A sucker. Yeah. Well. But they had a good article where they had kind of like an argument slash fight, and it was actually pretty interesting. I mean, it was it was not bad. Um, Michelle Alexander joined the New York Times opinion page, which I'm excited about because they really okay. needed somebody good on there. It was terrible for yeah. a while. It's like it's hard to tell that it was New York Times. Yeah, they've been on some shit lately, and I feel like this is a very good sign. Like I'm actually curious to read what she what she writes, but I feel I feel pretty good. She joined it. Yeah, we uh, keep our fingers crossed. Did you know some article? Some there was an article about Blavity Blacks recently. Mm-mm. Oh, so, let me think. Some white lady. I think wrote I a, did read that. Some white lady. I think wrote, you didn't you tweet that to me. I might have. Yeah, I might have sent it to you. Some white lady wrote a story about uh, Blavity Blacks, and this is what we always talk about about how white people pay attention to what black people are doing. Like, yeah, it was an explainer about Blavity Blacks and what they are. Yeah. She she didn't quite get it right because she called um she called what's her name no, no his name she called Donald Glover a blavity black and that's not quite right he he's not he's not a uh, blavity black but other than that the article was um kind of decent was it yeah I kind I don't I don't remember reading it but I th- no I think I remember you tweeting about it or something um the blavity I, you know the blavity blacks I'll show you the story they got an ally huh. They got them an ally. It wasn't quite an ally, but she was more just explaining what a Blavity Black was while not while trying not to take sides. Oh, she didn't take a she didn't take a take on it. No, because she was white. If it was a black article, it would have probably been like you know Blavity Blacks exist and it's just a bunch of ashy hoteps who hate them and they're the best. Because you know they're always cheerleading, but this is like a white person, so they um took a more objective uh, view. The only problem is I think they included people who I would not call um blavity blacks but you know what's interesting a lot of people like will write me on twitter asking me what's a blavity black i'm like dude you're either on a phone or a fucking computer asking me something you can google and i don't (laughs) respond to shit like that like i i i hate that that's a fucking pet peeve of mine like 
just go to fucking Google and put Blavity Black. Like, why are you putting me in the position on Twitter to explain this to you? Like, just fucking Google it. Like, like, like they want to talk to you about it. No, no, no. What is that? Why, why do people ask you Googleable things? Like, why? Like, how do you think that's cute? Uh, like, that, that's so. Am I being unreasonable here? It's fucking infuriating to me when somebody like I understand for something that Google's not going to help with. You know, like, uh, explain to me why people clown Bow Wow. Okay, that's kind of nuanced. Like, you might need explanation as to why people clown Bow Wow on Twitter. But something like Blavity Black, like, just fucking Google it. Like, people come up to me and say, you know, for, like, months, I thought Blavity Black was just some term that you were using that sounded clever. And then I stumbled on the actual site Blavity, and then I got it. And I was like, wait, why would you not even Google it? I, I don't understand, like... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> but at least they weren't as bad as the people who actually wrote me to ask me to explain something that was Google. Okay, so I'm wondering if it was like in the in the context of uh, you know you were you know discussing something and you threw the term out and they're like, oh, what is that? No. Or did it just out of the blue? Out of you know just no. Woke this up asked one me day out of hey, the, I'm a, this asked me I'm out of the blue like like, like they were catching up on old episodes of Champagne Sharks oh, and. Okay. They said, "Hey, what's a blavity black?" I'm like, "Oh, come on, just fucking Google yeah. it." Oh, well, yeah, that that in that instance, I would probably, you know, Google would be your first uh, line of defense as far as you know. I would go to Google first for any uh, um, unfamiliar terms or words or phrases. Yeah, totally. And then if I could, if I couldn't couldn't get it there, then I would probably, hey man, I, I've been trying to figure this out. Like, what what the hell are you talking about? What is a what's a also, oh, Blavity Black. Oh, so I found the articles by author Daisy Philipson. Here's her Daisy. bio. I'll send you. I'll send you her picture so you can see it. She is pretty white. <laughs> but she wrote an article about. Um, okay, I sent you a thing. She wrote an article about Blavity Blacks. That was fascinating. Like, why would she get interested in it? And also to the Daisy. point where she would write, you know, an article about it. I just sent you the article, but I'm gonna read the article real quick. It's, it's interesting. So first, here's her bio. David, Daisy Philipson is an outspoken, opinionated writer with a passion for all things film-related, particularly when it comes to horror and cult comedy. When she's not watching flicks, she loves to cook vegan food, listen to Billy Childish, and write short stories with ha unhappy endings. And they show a picture of her, and it's on the site Film Daily. The article's actually not bad. I think it's actually better than if a black, if a black person with a blue check wrote it. But the article is titled, what the fuck is Blavity Black and why are Issa Rae and Donald Glover accused of it? Which I don't agree with. I don't think Donald Glover is accused of being a Blavity Black. If anything, I think that's why he got a lot of uh, pushback from all those um, intersectional feminists because he's not mm -hmm. security in that tribe. But um, this is the article. Tell me what you think. In a recent interview with LA Times, insecure creator Issa Rae was questioned about current Twitter posts criticizing certain black content creators for providing visibility only for a certain kind of black person. One particular Twitter thread accused creators like Ray and her contemporaries, such as Donald Glover and Jessica Williams from Two Dope Queens, which I think is unfair. Like, I don't think Donald Glover is as bad as Jessica Williams or Issa Rae. And I also don't think Issa Rae is as bad as Jessica Williams. Like, Jessica Williams, did you ever see Two Dope Queens? Yeah, we talked about that on here before. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that I didn't see it. I just, I, I um, we watched like some clips of the the whack-ass jokes and 
That shit you know, was so bad. Just, a lot of uh, blavity. I, I could sit through it. Yeah, a lot of blavity blacks even called it out. Like, like, like distance, <laughs> distance themselves from it. That's how bad it was. Yeah, but has any who who I don't think I've ever heard anybody called down on Glover to a uh, 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 blavity black. Me neither. Before this article, I don't and it think... says dubbed blavity black. Such creators are accused of catering solely to white audience. White audiences. It goes on and on to describe um, where Blavity Blacks came from. Describes uh, how Blavity is the BuzzFeed for Black millennials and etc. She adds on Twitter. However, the term Blavity Black is used as a denigratory shorthand for privileged and often cottage-educated Black people. Despite their ethnicity, Blavity Blacks are perceived as lacking in actual Black experience, not being knowledgeable about Black history due to their background and of delivering content disconnected from the realities of black communities. One tweet, for example, mocked fans of the upcoming Black Panther with, these blavity blacks know about Wakanda, but can't name five African languages. Meanwhile, another tweet outlined exactly what it is that makes blavity blacks a target of disdain right now. Quote, blavity blacks, annoying people with brown skin that depict the least significant moments in black history, and swear that shit is pure heat. They also ruin actual iconic movements and trends. And she kind of did her homework outside of mistaking Donald Glover for being labeled as one of them. But, you know. And what I was wondering is, right, this is a white site. It's called Film Daily. And I was fascinated that a white woman was interested enough in this to write about it. And I was curious about who the audience was. Like, white people are surprised. Obviously, I mean, not people that are in the know on what a Blavity Black would be. Um, but I was kind of shocked that white people even care about the whole Blavity Black thing. Like, like she was able to commission this piece and get it approved. And Well, you know, you know, I, 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 I don't think white people like secrets. I don't, I don't think they like not knowing what's going on with us. I don't think they want to, you know, want some, you know, hidden code. You're right. They with don't, us, you know, they even don't. even no matter how innocuous it might seem, they don't. It's like, hold on, what the hell? Are they, you know, let's let's find out what that is. What they're talking? Okay, you know, a great, they, you know, a great way to drive a white person crazy at work is keep talking to the only other black person at work. Yeah, and then when they come <laughs> by, just disengage. Like, um, all right, then, brother, I gotta go. Stay yeah, home. there was a white guy that we used to work with, and. It was me and two other black guys at my job. And mm-hmm. we would be talking about stuff in the hall. And what was funny was this white guy would keep coming up while we were talking. He goes, hey, guys. And not on purpose, but we would be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Then we would shortly break up and go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it on purpose, but we didn't realize that he took it as we were disengaging because of him. And I don't know if he thought we were planning like some kind of... Uh, Nat Turner shit at work. I don't know what you thought uh-huh. we could possibly be talking about. Well, I could see how that would just rub somebody the wrong way, regardless. Like, you know, if I come up to you and D and y'all are talking, and then I'm like, hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, hey, what's going on, Mike? How you doing? All right, then, y'all, I'm going to break up out of here. Yeah, I got to go too. And I'm just left holding my joint. Like, what's going on? Like, no, I can And then y'all see- do it more than once or twice. No, like, okay, no, y'all just don't I fuck can, with your brother. I can kind of see I would- it. But it wasn't like he just showed up and we just left. It was like we were kind of talking for a little while already. So it was already for like a while. Uh-huh. And then like he'd show up when it was like around the tail end. Like, okay, we have to get back to work. We can't talk anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, I guess from his end, it's not easy to tell how long we've already been talking. And he might just see it as yeah. a certain way. But he started asking like 
different ones of us. So what do you guys talk about when like when you talk? You know, I'm like, oh shit, this this is actually driving him crazy. He hates the idea that black people are of talking not knowing. and not knowing. And I'm like, that's true. Like white people can't stand not knowing something. Like in in a way that kind of makes them impressive because they can figure out all types of shit. Like like Neely Footer always talks about how like a white person will study a grain of sand just because it's there and you'll put it under a microscope and try to figure out everything about the grain of sand but it also explains why they can't be like happy with anything because the curiosity like for example like sex you know they'll be like okay this penis or vagina thing is working but what else could be done like how about a swing why don't we just dress up in like leather and just whip each other like like they add all these extra things like sex is fucking awesome you just stick a penis in a vagina or in whatever orifice is your personal preference and you just like, you know, just start pumping away. And they just come up with all these fucking ways to complicate the most perfect thing that God made. Like, you know, like, like, yeah. like, like they can't just fucking have sex with each other. They have to like, like innovate it. They have to innovate everything. Like it's the most, un, it's the most unbroken thing on earth is just. We gotta, we're gonna, we're gonna take the sex to the next level. Okay. We're gonna elevate this fuck missionary. That's, that's last year, man. What we're doing now is you put your leg behind your right ear. You cross the left one over it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's like a fucking game of Twister, and also like there's like you know a whole bunch of shit to add to it, like all these toys, all these different things. Like they had, they're they're at war with nature. And what's interesting, like um, I really that that's true. That is true. They are at war with nature, and do you know why I think they're at war with nature? Because they want to be God. Like they're hostile. They have this need to conquer everything. They and to conquer. Well, everything. Nature is the last frontier to conquer. And you know, you see those. I don't know, like I don't, I don't know how much stock you put in this, but you ever see those like conspiracy sites where they, where they talking about the weather machines and stuff like that? You know, where they create weather. You know, they can create clouds and then they can seed the clouds to make it rain and all this and all that. You know, they just have this this oh, drive yeah. to uh, uh, Devin master Devin and Josh harness, and deconstruct and master. And outdo everything in nature, and it's like which I mean that drive has led to some some good things. Oh yeah, totally, and, and a lot of bad things. It totally has. I mean, it's totally led to some good things, but I mean, also, you know what? The good things are relative, and I'll tell you why. Like for example, oh yeah, okay, that's why I say some good things. You know, I mean, for example, one thing they say they say like, oh, without these innovations, the average lifespan would have been like forty or fifty. You know, but the problem with using that as an example is 40 and 50 only seems like a short lifespan when you compare it to this new lifespan. But back in the days before anybody knew it was possible to live yeah. to 100, they were happy at 40 and 50. Like even now, what we consider a long lifespan, which is like 100 years old. Yeah. If somebody came up with innovation that would suddenly made it so that people can live to 200, suddenly 100 would be like, you know, would suddenly suck too. Like you were totally yeah. fine with a 100 year lifespan. Now that you know everyone's getting a 200 year one, now when you die at 100, you feel like you've missed out on half your life. So, yeah, you don't know what you don't know until it's, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, so I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, I mean, if we never had a cell, if we never had cell phones, nobody would even miss them. You know, you can't miss what you never had. Exactly. And if all you knew was a 50 year lifespan, and it's different too, because, okay, we have like a 100 year potential lifespan now, but now, thanks to technology and all this shit, we work till like we're like 65 and we're too old to do anything. First of all, we're not meant to live, I think, to 100 based on all the problems people have past yeah. a certain age. Like we've been yeah. kept alive past our natural lifespan. So now you finally get this freedom to not work when 
you're too old to enjoy most of it. You, you gotta know? get up. You gotta get up every every hour to piss because your fucking prostate is the size of a watermelon. Yeah, you and knees suck. you can't taste your food anymore. And yeah, your your sex, gone. Your and... sex drive is shot. You know what I mean. Whereas the people who live to like forty or fifty as an optimal lifespan, what they were doing, like at eighteen, they were in the army. They were like they had a commission. Like at twenty, they like you know had kids you know they were yeah. hunting like they did more they did a shit. lot of living and yeah, within they, that time span yeah they did a lot of they did a lot more living in their 40 or 50 years than you, you did in your 90 or 100 when you're like super old and not retired and trying to go on a cruise and sleeping through the whole thing mm. you know like your free time is like basically wasted you know so yeah, th- yeah. that's why i say i give like mixed um credit because i think i would have had much more fun just you know walking around on loincloth and a hot tr- tropical climate and getting a wife at 14 and getting my place in society like like it was yeah. a lot less stressful time like i don't think people were as stressed out as much you know, like you know uh yeah you know yeah there's, there's definitely some trade-offs to this fast-paced you know you're you're, you're just uh, overwhelmed with information i mean i guess to the point where people just don't even you know it's just they don't unplug that part of it you know google when you know this is google has allowed us to, you know, research anything we want to do. And you just, you can learn about anything you want to. Now that you have all this information at your fingertips, it's like, you know, let's, uh, let's watch these threesome porn or, you know, these, Oh yeah, you know, yeah. all, you know, it's like, you're not, you're not using it for what they complicate. <sighs> like, they complicate. I don't know where I was going with that. No, but they complicate like everything. Like when you hear them talk about like sex and it's like, um, like even if you look at porn, if you look at like black porn, like black people get mm-hmm. flack for being supposedly like hypersexual or whatever. Yeah. But most black porn, like made by black people for black people, yeah, is actually pretty square. Like it's just it, it is. It's very it is. very square. When you watch like white porn, they're almost trying to push the boundaries. They can't just get off on old on the old stuff. Like they're using like calipers and special instruments like i've seen some, some stuff I'm like how do you even think about this like yeah why would you even introduce this into weird ass scenarios like weird like yeah you know, a lot of lines weird... yeah there's a lot oh. of incest incest porn. family members stuff incest um... porn is like the hottest porn right now like that's the hugest yeah in- yeah it's like weird like everything's just gotta be like you said about pushing the envelope we gotta we did this last week now we gotta do that this this weekend there was this know, type of porn animals and Ugh. Yeah, there was this type of porn where they take some kind of medical instrument and they put it over a vagina and then they pump mm. with this pump. This medical instrument isn't made for this thing. Somebody at some point just probably figured out if you put this medical instrument on a vagina and pump, this crazy thing happens, right? So what happens is what happens? They pump with this pump, right? They, it looks like an oxygen mask. They put something that looks like an oxygen uh-huh. mask on a vagina. Then they pump and pump. And what happens is the vagina gets swollen to the size of a basketball. It looks fucking nuts. And then somebody shows up and starts having sex with this giant swollen basketball size of vagina. And I start thinking, like, who's the guy who needed that extra step to enjoy watching sex? Like, you know, oh, man, like, I would love to watch this guy have sex with this girl, but vagina is just not basketball size and it's fucking with me i can't get off on this like you know what i mean like i feel bad for the women who like have to meet these guys in bars and go home because these guys are probably just saying the craziest shit in the bedroom when they get alone with them or maybe the guy just pulls out the pump he's like hey uh, i know we just met but 
Do you mind if I just have you ever tried this? Have you ever just pump your vagina up to the size of a basketball? <laughs> it's just a thing I have. Like maybe it was her idea. Yeah, that's true. Cause there was, she's a white woman. They're in the same boat. Maybe she has to pump herself. Like, look, I, I need to get basketball size before we throw down. Like it's <laughs> hold on, check this out. You're gonna love this shit. Watch this. Hold on. Pump this. Pump. Keep going. Keep going. Oh shit. Look at that. I hit it. Everything bores them. Like, like they they just are always constantly in the search of something uh, new. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> oh, God. Where are we going with this, man? Look at what we're talking about. I don't know, man, but fuck Basketball it. size veggies. You know, oh, you, wow. You know something else? I gotta, I'm going to look that up now because I never saw that one. Yeah, it was a trend in the porn sites for a while. You know what's interesting, too, with a lot of them? they A lot of them are into being polyamorous now. And if you told me in high school... Like, in high school, if you told me, yo, when you grow up, you're going to meet these guys who are what you call polyamorous, and they have open relationships where they, you know, sleep with multiple people, and it's okay with the significant others. If you told me that in high school, I'd be like, wow, those guys, when they show up, are probably going to be bosses. Those guys are going to be fucking badass. I would have never expected that when that polyamorous like revolution came... It would be the geekiest guys on the planet. I don't know if you've seen these poly people, but a lot of polyamorous people are like. I seen one. It was well. I don't know if that's what they were called. It was a special. I don't know what it was. It might have been HBO or whatever. It wasn't graphic or anything, but it just was showing their relationship. It was two guys and a girl. I think one was her actual husband, and the other guy was her boyfriend. They all lived together, and and it was like just a weird. Yeah, it's very weird because they're both very affectionate with her in front of each other, and I thought when I first heard about Polly, I thought it was gonna be like these kind of alpha dudes who are just like so alpha. Yeah. That... No, was, all three of them were just regular, average folk. Yeah, they're like nothing seems you know. A, a, a lot of that. them are not only average; a lot of them are actually kind of very kind of square and nerdy. Like you know, they um, like I've rarely met like a regular, chill kind of alpha dude. Who has an open poly relationship? Like, like, like they just do the they they just do it the old fashioned way, which is like cheat, you know. But like these guys have like arrangements, <laughs> you know. Um, like some of the nerdiest people I've ever met. Like, and like more power to them. But I just find it fascinating. Yeah, I find it weird. That's just me though. You do you? I don't like. It's like I'm I'm not sharing my chick with another dude. I'm not doing it. No. There's a part of me that kind of respects it though i'm like wow you must be really comfortable to be able to um, do yeah. that or, yeah yeah i wonder i don't know man how do you I, I don't think that's natural though i think there's something you have to do to suppress that natural urge to i don't think it's, i don't think that's natural i don't think it's natural but i do think if you can do it there's something He's transcended his natural inclinations to well, okay. And so now what? So what? What? So basically, he just doesn't care anymore. Is, is that? Because well, I don't care. Well, I can imagine a person well, really caring. Okay. Like, you just don't give a damn. I've like, known you know? some people like this, right? Uh-huh. One was actually a pimp, right? Oh, um, it's a pimp, bro. I know a pimp like that too. Yeah, yeah. But um, what was interesting with this? They yeah. don't care. Shit. No, no, no. They don't care. But they view it as like a strength. Like this guy was somebody actually. Um, knew as a kid and i lost contact with them and then i got back in contact with them and somebody said um you know what you do for a living now right 
And I was like, no, he said, oh, he's a he's a pimp. I'm like, wait, are you saying that he just sleeps with a lot of girls? Because no, he's literally became a pimp in like the 15 years you lost contact with him. Like he's literally has wow. a stable of hoes. And, you know, it was kind of sad to hear. But I mean, I talked to him one day and he was had a very interesting like mindset. He was like, um, I don't love them hoes. Well, it was interesting, right? All of his prostitutes were like his girlfriends in his mind hmm. right but what he said was what the john is to the prostitute which is somebody that she won't have sex with unless um she pays him he was that to the prostitutes so what happens is he the prostitute isn't just giving up her money that she worked hard for which is how most people think about it what the prostitute is actually doing and the paradigm is, according to him, the prostitute pays him for sex. So the John pays the John pays the prostitute for sex. Otherwise, she won't have sex with him. And she takes the money from the prostitute from, from the John and pays him. And she's paying him for sex. So he's reversed the game. He's like the woman yeah, to the man. I can man. see it somewhat. Not, I don't I don't buy it a hundred percent, but I could kind of I don't see buy it anything they say a hundred percent, but this is what the lie that they've told themselves, or at least tell other people. And, yeah. and he also claimed, that's what he claimed, he doesn't have sex with them like willy-nilly because you're not supposed to spoil no, I, them. You're supposed yeah, to... No, that's true. You're supposed to give them sex occasionally. And it's all about, like, sex drive control. So he said part of that is part of the control thing. It's a very warped mindset. It's a very warped mindset is yeah. that you don't care about them having sex with all these other men because you're that comfortable that you're the prize. So part of, so they turned not caring about the woman having sex with other men into a sign of their strength. Like as in, I'm so comfortable and secure, I'll send her out to have sex with other men and I still know that I'm the main event to the point that I can charge her money to have sex with me. Mm. I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm just saying that that's like the mindset. I think a lot of these poly guys kind of have that attitude like, I think to a degree they probably still fear it, but it's their way of telling them so that they don't. Like, you know, sometimes the thing that you fear the most, you try to bring about so that it can happen under a controlled instance. Like, for example, a lot of those cuckold guys who want other guys to sleep with their women, those are guys who deep down fear that's going to happen anyway. So it's like, if I can make it happen on my terms, under my parameters, or under my dictates, I can at least tell myself, I can control when it happens so I don't get blindsided and I can um, control the circumstances under which it happens and feel a sense of control. And maybe by doing that, on top of that, I can nip it in the bud from happening out of my control. Like if I give her a safe space to like fuck like three or four other guys, yeah, then the chances yeah. of her sneaking out and fucking a fifth one behind my back is probably not going to happen because that appetite has been sated. Under yeah, my watch. If you don't have to, if you don't have, if people won't, if people don't have to sneak around, they won't sneak around. So I mean, I, there's, you know, I get the logic to that. Yeah. So I think that's what a lot of that stuff is about. I think a lot of those people who are cool with it are actually secretly uncool with it and afraid of it, and they just want yeah, it. Yeah, I could, I could believe that more. Y so. Yeah, they just want. They figure if it's gonna happen anyway, let me make it happen at least on my terms, and I can yeah. feel it, the illusion of control. Yeah, uh, people, we're going to have actual topics again soon. Part of the problem is <laughs> we, we have guests lined up 
and we have topics saved for those guests and we're just setting up to meet up for those guests so i don't want to talk about a lot of these interesting topics and, and then have to double back on them double back on them uh when we get the guests on so but i mean i kind of like these kind of free-for-alls they're yeah. they're pretty interesting I you know what I, I sit back and i listen sometimes and i just like wow it's interesting how conversations wander you know it's just it's never like from a to b it just starts on a and then you're turning left here you're zigging and zagging and the next thing you know we're talking about cuckhole porn and shit where, where, where do we start talking about tay digs oh yeah we went all over the place you want to say something really interesting about this show sometimes people tell me something and they'll be like yeah that's kind of like what you guys talked about on the show and it's a very profound point and i'm like mm -hmm. wow that's a fucking good point but honestly I don't think we said that. And they're like, no, you did. <laughs> and then I'll listen. I'm like, oh, shit, we did say that. Like, but I totally don't remember it. And it's like, the point will feel like sincerely profound. Like, wow, that was some good shit right there. Yeah. And I'm like, like we really said that? that? Yeah. It's, that was on the show? What show? Yeah. Which episode? Who said it? Yeah. And then they'll tell oh. me. And I'll listen. I'm like, oh, well, they were actually right. Like, we did say that. And it, it, it will be something that's genuinely profound. And... One of us said it in passing, and it didn't stick with me like at all. Yeah, that's how it is sometimes, you know. Yeah, definitely. but it's us talking, and it's it's them listening because they like to hear what we're saying. So they're gonna, you know, and it, wow, and you know, it always surprises me too that people are interested in what we have to say. I don't know why. No, it's surprised. Surprises. It surprises me too, which is weird because why would we even start a show? If we're gonna end up being surprised exactly. that people want to listen, what are you doing this for? If you if you didn't think anybody wanted to listen, are you, you just you yeah. satisfied talking into the ether? Yeah, it's very weird because on some level, if you're gonna make the show, you must expect some people will listen. But when, then when people actually do, you get surprised. It's a very weird. Well, I will say this for me though, personally, because I like I like chopping it up with you and D. So that that was like kind of my motivating factor. It's like, oh yeah, I just get to chop it up with T and D some more, you know, and we just record it. Well, so that was just pretty much my goal. For well, the whole yeah, thing. that is true because. But to me, like, uh, for listeners who don't know, like, the conversations that we have on this show, uh, we should talk for years just on social media and talk about things. It's one of the reasons why we think so alike in a lot of things. Um, but it was just our private conversations. So these kind of conversations we'd be having whether or not we um, had a podcast. Um, yeah. The only reason I think I probably ended up doing a podcast was because when I appeared on uh, Chapel Trap House, a lot of people enjoyed it to the point they said, you should have your own podcast. So I said, well, since people are asking for it, I'll deliver it. But I'm just curious. I don't think anybody's going to care. And we just and we just basically did our normal conversations just recorded. And sure enough, a lot of people uh, liked it. Yeah, man. I'm very excited. And we appreciate you guys. Yeah. I'm very excited about doing a live show. I think that'll be really good. I don't know I'm what... I'm excited and nervous. Yeah. Excited and nervous and, you know. We can always double bill it with somebody else. You know, like, um, that works too. Because I think oh, the Chapel guys... The card like... Well, no, I think the Chapel we'll, guys... We'll warm, we'll warm it up. We'll be the warm-up fights. Well, the Chapel guys, when they started... They were, I believe, guests on a live episode of another podcast called Street Fight, which is a very good podcast as well. I recommend anyone who hasn't tried it to try it. 
So yeah. it was like. Oh no, I've, li- I've listened to it. Was that Street Fighter? Or was that Struggles? I'm trying to think. There's so many so good I ones. I think I listened to Struggle Session. I, I, I know I listened to the Struggle Session. Um, uh, which one was that? Which one was that? Where the guys were where they, where they were on? Um, they were trying to hit the 700 uh, patron members. I think that's just this past weekend. I think that's Struggle Session. Okay. You know what? I, I dicked around all day because it was like at 6.98. I was at work and it was like 6.98 every time I looked at it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait till it's 6.99 and I'm going to click on and be 700. And, and you missed it? Well, I don't know. I had to work. Oh, <laughs> I don't, okay. I still didn't, I didn't do it yet. I'm going to do it, but I just didn't get a chance to do it. And I don't know. I don't know if they hit their 700 or Those not. Those guys are pretty good. Um, One of them is coming on the show in July. We've already arranged it. Um, cool. so, so it'll be it'll be pretty cool. Well, cool, because I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's so many good ones. I, I can't lie. Um, you know what the thing is about these podcasts, though? Like you said, there's so many good ones. It's like you gotta like kind of prioritize which ones you're gonna listen to. Um, and then like I, I some like sometimes I, I I don't I don't listen to any of them, and then sometimes I like I binge. Yeah, I'm gonna binge right now because after we got this producer right. All this free time just opened up for me, because before I would spend all my time trying, to, all my free time trying to edit shows. Yeah. Now that we have this producer, I'm like, oh shit! Like I have all this time, so I started catching up on uh, podcasts, and a lot of them are good. Like it's yeah, man. Yeah, like it kind of made me want to step up the game. I was like, wow, there's a lot of like people have sketches and skits on them, and all <laughs> types of shit. And I'm like, fuck, like. Yeah, we could do that too. Sure. Yeah, we could, man. But you know, I'm like, damn, do I really want to create the expectations? Because once we start doing it, we can't just stop. We start having like yeah, s- skits and true. sketches, and people start liking it. Like, I was listening to like a lot of old chapos. I was catching up, and they had mm. like um, themed episodes with storylines, and they had stuff like um, they made a fake anime open where they were reading the voices of some conservative pundits. But the joke was that these uh, conservative pundits were fighting with each other in these supervillain type of voices. Like they were talking, like, "Ha! Huh, so you think that you can um, destroy me with my own logic? Well, jokes on you. You're a peasant and a Philistine." And they're talking in just this highfalutin language, and they joke that um, they sound like like anime supervillains. And then they did this whole skit where. They had anime sound effects and fake anime music, and they read their argument in anime voices. Like so, so, you know, they were reading them like over the top. I'm like, wow, that's really good. I would love to do that, but that's so fucking challenging. Once we open the door to doing that, it's gonna be people are gonna expect it all the time. Yeah, I mean it is, but you know, if we if we can deliver it once, we can deliver it twice. You know, we don't, you know, we just it's the key is just to give them enough and you know keep them coming back for more. That's true. I, I would like to, you know, I I would like to do what the people would like us to do. You know, I'd like to give them what they want. Um, this is a total random. With, go on. No, I was just gonna say within the within the envelope of what we like to do here. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, in New York, um. I've been very cynical and jaded for a while, but I've been very happy about this um, Alexandra Ocasio, uh, mm-hmm. who won Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Like, yeah, I've been very excited about that. And something that's, Why? well, because she's a socialist and a radical, and mm-hmm. the way I feel, 
of all the ideologies out there, see, like, I don't really believe in black people getting overly attached to any particular party or ideology. So it's like, you know, whether you're a black conservative, black liberal, black socialist, I try not to have people get too overly invested. Yeah. Like, I feel like your first priority should be what helps black people. Yeah, our, 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 our political party is our blackness. It's because yes. we got, we're, we're a group of people with specific needs that, you know, have not been addressed. And I, I don't think any of the major yeah. parties or ideologies. Uh, and one thing I like to ask myself, which I don't, I don't know the answer to, but I always like to ask myself and other people, if you could have capitalism in a world where white supremacy was gone, or socialism in a world where white supremacy and prejudice still existed, which one would you choose? You know what I mean? And I like to, I like to think, hmm. no matter what, as bad as capitalism I is, like, I think I probably... You know, the only thing weird about that is because I can't really envision a world without capitalism white, yeah. and white supremacy. It's hard for me to envision that world, so I don't, yeah, I don't know what socialism really is or what it looks like in the real world. I know people want to point to... You know, uh, Russia, I mean, USSR or Venezuela. I don't know if these are perfect examples of what uh, people mean when they're talking about socialism. I, You know, I hear a lot of the things that they call for, like um, universal health care, free college. You know, I, who couldn't who could be against that type of stuff? So, like, I don't know what socialism would look like in the end as far as like. I mean, part of my problem who, who, is who pays for what? And yeah. how, how do we part of my problem? Is, you know, part of my problem is this, right? Like, say if the universal basic income or the um free college whatever but if the world is still racist and like white supremacist then everyone's getting free college but the black they're, people they're gonna figure out a way to shit on us and, and, and lock us out of it yeah as in, as in like the black people have the degrees but we'll be getting hired less and so like i, I feel like it's tough like we can't get too involved well, no, they'll put restrictions on it like okay well if you're if you're a felon you won't be able to they won't pay for your schooling and you know yeah, yeah. Get, I feel like now, now if you get in a fight on the playground, you're a felon. Yeah, and, I feel like as long know, as you have white supremacy, no matter how good you know the ideology is, it's still gonna end up with black people in the short end of the yeah. stick. But the reason I'm excited about this is because I think out of all the problematic um ideologies, I feel like socialists are the ones that best open the way for other radical things. You know what I mean? Mm. Like um. Mm. I feel like out of all the types of um, ideologies that can be worked with and expanded on, I feel like um, white socialists are the ones that seem, and this is not at all to say that they're perfect or that they're um, flawless allies. Like I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. They have a lot of blind spots. They have a lot of problems, but at yeah. least they're speaking to material conditions on the ground. Like there's this guy uh, his name is Jake Flores. He has a podcast called Pod Damn America, which is a play in another popular podcast called Pod Save America. And he talks about this yeah. thing that I think is very interesting. He talks about how people make fun of conservatives for having trickle-down economics, but he was saying how liberals have trickle-down social justice, which also doesn't work, mm. which is the idea that if you give these stars Oscars, these black stars Oscars, somehow that representation or you know, creating a black Willy Wonka, which is something they're seriously talking about, like having Donald Glover be the black Willy Wonka and, you know, like um, create like a black Iron Man or something. Somehow that at the top representation and social justice is supposed to trickle down and create material differences on the ground for like the black single mother who's like on 
public assistance, you know, and uh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Trickle down, trickle down social justice. Yeah, and and I can't take credit for it again. It's Jake Flores from Pod Damn America who um, came up with it. But yeah, it's like I feel like I can deal with socialists who might have some racial blind spots, but at least are trying to redistribute money over yeah. like liberals who feel like you know if we give Will Smith an Oscar and you know create some black stormtroopers, it's going yeah. to we've done our part with the people on the ground and the conservatives who just kind of don't care period well yeah it's definitely i gotta do some more you know digging into that you know i i, I wonder how they plan to get you know what's the like, how do you go from you know is is capitalism the the culprit i mean or, or is there something that is it just the way it's being practiced nowadays as opposed to you know there was there ever a different way that it could be done you know that I think the big problem didn't kind of build in failure, you know, for I think the problem with capitalism is that there's such a head start with that what white people have that even if you try to level the playing field now, it would be like one team cheating or using its advantages to get a hundred point lead in the game, a basketball game. And in the fourth quarter, you're like, you know what? We're gonna level the playing field. We're gonna keep the the score a hundred to zip, but now we're gonna make sure they don't cheat anymore. And at that point it doesn't help because they already had this huge lead. Like that's kind of my problem with capitalism that I think a lot of people aren't realistic about is that they've rigged the game for so long. The well, yeah, well, yeah. The just I, the fact that of uh, unrigging it is not going to make a hell of a big a big enough difference quickly enough. Exa exactly. And I feel like a lot of these black capitalists who kind of believe in this bootstrap thing are kind of like naive about it. They just think, hey, uh, just black people get together and open some entrepreneurship businesses and yeah i mean we're gonna level i don't know I, it's just like I, I you know i know i i, I don't know I, I think i don't want to simplify what they're saying when they say that i think that it's just a matter of trying to do something individually and then all of us getting together with what we got collectively and trying to build something well i well, mean i can't be well, against well, that well i agree but this is the problem the way i think they're not realistic about they don't realize that like they're taking corporate america at its face and believing the stories that corporate America tells regular people mean, like about itself. Because, okay, for example, how many businesses really survive purely on market forces? So many of them oh, lobby. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at all the bailouts. Um, Tax giveaways. Uh, yeah. Do you realize all those favorable, banks... Favorable, like, zoning and stuff. And yeah. yeah. If those banks were to survive just based on market forces, that subprime mortgage lending without the um bailout that would have destroyed yeah. like three quarters or four fifths of the major banks in america yeah. uh gm yeah. and a lot of those and it would have been rough but i think there would it would have left room for the rise of other people exactly uh, isn't that isn't that part of letting the market dictate what happens like you, yeah you know, well yeah exactly. i don't know it really it, it's an example of what happened with letting these people dictate what happened as opposed to like you said, they were rigging the game. They were greasing politicians' hands, and and that's part you know, of the problem. And that's what happened. That's part of the problem is a lot of the black people buy into this kind of meritocracy view of capitalism yeah. that these people sell. So they want to jump in, playing fair, and you can't do it because these people not only did they have a head start on you, they're willing yeah. to practice socialism with the rich, like capitalism. Like you said, like yeah, exactly. And Obama even kind of said that you know he was like, you you didn't build that on your own yeah you know and then people got upset with him when he said that that's probably one of the only true things he did say it's true you know, it's like they had so much help and they help each other and they you know like you said they socialize the risk 
I heard somebody else say this, they socialize the risk and they privatize the profits. That's a great way you to know, put it. And that's totally accurate. It's totally accurate. And and it's like, like, what are you going to do? Like you have legacy admissions. People complain about affirmative action, but there's like legacy admissions left and right where these white people who are oh, woefully un unqualified. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all different. So that's kind of my problem with um, this idea of yeah. capitalism for I black people is going to get us out because white people don't really practice capitalism but white people practice yeah. a bastardized crony capitalism which leads to um, that's what i was kind of trying to ask like is it is 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 is, is the capitalism that we see in place today really true capitalism no i don't think it's true capitalism any more than a lot of the democratic socialism that we see is true socialism it's like this weird hybrid of people picking the best parts of each for themselves for themselves and yeah and yeah it's a bunch it's a bunch of bullshit so it's like that's why i'm happy to see these kind of socialists like alexandra ocasio cortez because first of all she's like a woman of color i want to see some like black people actually get on these ballots too there was a black guy jabari brisport who was in my district who i voted for but unfortunately didn't win but i was glad that he ran and there's another woman um uh julia uh salazar who um whose campaign i plan to help in new york she's in brooklyn but uh she's a socialist slash radical too and she's um trying to pull off a similar upset to ocasio cortez and she even helped ocasio cortez by donating a bunch of her staff to help ocasio cortez and also knocking on doors herself so it's a very exciting time and I and I like it, you know, and I don't want to get over invested in any again, any particular yeah. um ideology. Cause some people like argue with me about that. They're like, Oh, you know, why do you care about any of this stuff? Because all of them hate black people. But you have to get involved in something. Yeah, no, I, I I I get that. I get what you're saying. Like, you know, I mean, listen, I mean Especially when you get when you get to talking about local level politics, you get, you know your the people that represent you in, in Congress and stuff like that. Your uh, it, it's a, it, you know, I mean, what you can't just sit by and let it happen. You got if you you got to get in front of it. You know, you got to you got to select some of your own candidates. You got to, you know. So there's 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 I see what you're saying, and I see you know there's room for us to really. And you know, engage and like you said, get our own people out there, people that, and if not, at least, at the very least, I guess you could vote for somebody or get behind somebody that whose policies and, and ideas would best, uh, you know, would would be the best for you amongst your choices, amongst the options. Yeah, I mean, government programs basically created the white middle class. Yeah, um, especially post World War Two, and there's a great book on it yeah. called "When Affirmative Action Was White." Yeah, and so I think it's dangerous to think that we can the just color, the color of law gets into that too. I haven't read that yet, but I heard great things about it, and I want to get her on. I, I have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly I'm mostly through it. Oh, really? Yeah. As long as one of us is mostly through it, that I'm open to inviting the lady on. You know, because. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, ooh, I would definitely love to talk to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rothstein, right? It's Roth, Rothstein. Uh, Rothstein. No, I think it's a name that sounds kind of Indian. I think. Let me let me see. Maybe I'm totally. 
Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. I heard of Color of Law from um, Yvette Carnell, but you're right. That's Richard Rothstein. There's another woman. There's a woman who writes a book about um, black banking, and her name is Mina something. That's who I was um, thinking of, but I would like both of them on. No, no. There's The Color of Money by... There's two books I wanted to read. I got confused because uh, they both sound similar. There's one called The Color of Law, which is highly raved about. And that's by Richard Rothstein. And the other one is called The Color of Money. And that's by Marissa Baradaran, who, which is an Indian name. But she looks kind of black. And I'm wondering if she's half black, half Indian. I want to get both of them on. But I just made the mistake of combining both the books into one. Okay, yeah. But, but <laughs> if you read Color of Law, then... I did. Then I'll read that first and probably well, most of it. I, most of it. Yeah, I I own that book. I just haven't read it. Man, I got so many books, dude. That I that I've even are collecting dust over here. Same, same here. Same here. Um, I'm I'm done. But um, the last two things I wanted to say was, if you live in New York, this Tuesday there's a interview. Uh, Virgil Texas from um, Chapel Trap House is inter- interviewing Julia Salazar and. The tickets start at $30 for the fundraiser. It's going to be a two-hour interview at a place called Star Bar. Um, this show might not be out in time because I think it's going to be Tuesday. I'm hoping the show is um, out, but um, we'll see. But, yeah, it's going to be a fundraiser. Tickets start at $30. I'll put the link in the um, in the body of the show notes. But I'll be there if you show up and you want to meet me and say hello, please do. But if you have, if you're in New York, Please help because I feel like I would like to disrupt the status quo as far as a lot of these yeah. candidates go, and I feel like and that's motivation. That should be motivation enough. Yeah, and I you know what I mean. And I feel like that will pave the way to a lot more um, disruption, and I think it'll be a good yeah. thing. And the second thing is, I um, I was a guest host on uh, Chapel Trap House this week, so check that out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being a guest, some of the regular hosts didn't come in. So myself and Catherine Kruger from Splinter News, we uh, subbed. It was it was pretty fun. It was a pretty good uh, episode. And that should be out this week as well. That's what's up. Yeah. So do you have any uh, final thoughts? Um, I don't. I don't have any final thoughts. Just to say thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. Um, appreciate you as always. And I think this has been a nice change of pace. Like, we're always very structured and very heavy on notes. So I feel like we're giving people something that breaks the monotony by having these kind of loose yeah. episodes. But And you can see kind of how our minds work and where, you know, you know, it gives you more of an insight into, you know, how we think. Yeah, exactly. But just in case you haven't been like... If you ep- care. Yeah, if you care. And you're tuning in, so you, I, I guess you do. Yeah, but but we don't know if they're finishing. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're like tuning out. Turn in, uh, Tay Diggs. I'll oh, fuck yeah, this shit. Fuck this now shit. you just missed all this good shit we talked about afterwards. Yeah, but including basketball vaginas, man. Yeah, basketball vaginas. You but... need that in your life. You need basketball vagina <laughs> combo in your life right now. Uh, but if you haven't been liking this, like rest assured, we're going back to guests and more regimented topics and more yeah of all that other stuff. But you know. We like to keep it fresh, so there you go. Flow like a butterfly, I sting like a bee. All right. So have a good one, man. All right, bro.